Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, at kristenesser.com, or on Instagram at kristenesser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Hi, and welcome to episode eight. Things have been happening around here. It's uh, the Tuesday after Mother's Day, so I hope that all of you mothers out there had a a wonderful day being appreciated and perhaps appreciating your own mothers. Um, I had uh, a good day. Uh, Chloe came up from college, so everyone was here, and I'll have to take a picture of it, but my... um, my Mother's Day present was this thing that I requested, and it's called an egg chair. We saw it at the garden center that we went to a few weeks ago, and we started doing the garden. And it's hard to describe, but it is like a big chair that's like sort of like a, a wicker or rattan type deal. It's like half a sphere, and it dangles from a chain, so it's like swings. And it was kind of expensive, but I felt it was just going to be like the perfect addition to our like seating area outside. And it is, it is, it actually got here when Gary went and picked it up, um, the, uh, Friday before Mother's Day. And it's so much fun to sit in. It is everybody's favorite chair out there. And it's just so relaxing. It just makes me want to sit out there multiple times a day and read and listen to things and knit and do hand sewing and it's just it's been great every time I I look out there somebody somebody's sitting in it so it's um, it's a super fun addition to to the backyard I forgot to mention that the tea that I'm drinking today I got from Mother's Day it's um, it came in the cutest purple like lavender tin it's Harney and Sons I swear I'm not sponsored by Harney's and Harney and Sons I just really like it here I'm grabbing it it is dragon pearl jasmine. It's like loose leaf tea, but it's actually in these really high-end tea bags. Um, usually it's called dragon jasmine pearls is how I usually like to know this tea. And like every leaf is rolled up into like a little ball. And so when you put it, if you put it in um, a clear container, when you pour the water in it, like my little perfect tea maker, you can watch them unfold and it looks like some underwater creature. But I love, I love jasmine tea. And I've been realizing that I have been missing green tea. It's a green tea. I didn't mention that. And um, when I realized that, I just went on Amazon and put some on my wish list for Mother's Day. And so that's what I got. So that is my tea for today. And it just came in this sort of uh, beautiful lavender tin. I'll take a picture of it and put it in the show notes. But I, I highly recommend that tea. Mother's Day weekend took on a little bit of a... A weird twist. I'm going to start calling it the curse of Mother's Day weekend because this is three years in a row where people have gotten sick and just things have gone wrong, which have sort of made it so that it was not the weekend that we were uh, planning on having. This year, my husband woke up on Saturday with a pinched nerve in his neck or shoulder. We don't really know. And has been basically flat on his back ever since. You know, we, he, he cannot stand for any period of time. We've taken him to the doctors a couple times. They're still trying to figure out what it is and how to relieve his pain. But, um, yeah, it's awful. And he, I hate seeing him in so much pain. And it really makes you appreciate how 
tenuous things in life can be. You know, that he went to bed on Saturday night, a perfectly normal human being, and woke up rather incapacitated. And that, yeah, things can just really change on a dime. And so it just is making me reflect on the fact that we just need to be grateful for every moment that, that things are going well. And um, so, you know, ultimately, all my kids were home for Mother's Day, and everyone except the husband is healthy. And they're all doing well in school, and you know, I have just so much to be grateful for. So let's move on to what's on my cutting table, the quilting portion of this podcast. I mentioned last time that I was doing a commission for a magazine using Minky's, Minky Kim's um, Winter Tales fabric, which will be coming out very shortly, I believe, in, in June or July is usually when those, those uh, winter and Christmas lines come out. And I put that quilt together in record time, uh, really in less than a week with basically two really long sewing days, which is not my preferred method of, uh, of sewing, but it is, it, it does feel like a luxury to really just, um, to, to sit and quilt all day. So what I ended up doing is I took my design wall and I've talked about several times on the podcast and on the blog and it is 48 inches wide. This quilt is wider than 48 inches. So I ended up turning it on its side so that it was seven feet wide and 48 inches tall. And I ended up just, I just kind of pieced and sewed half the quilt and then I put that away and then I did the other half and then just sewed those two halves together. And that worked out really well because this is the type of quilt that um, I really needed to lay everything out. Um, there was directional, directional fabric involved and it would just, it would have been so easy to get things mixed up if I didn't lay it out. And then basically I would sew two rows at a time together and be, you know, just two patches together and then four patches together. And I would lay those things out between every, every row that I sewed so that I would not get anything turned around. And it worked out really well, and it came together pretty quickly. And I am um, actually I have sent that off to uh, my friend Holly Ann, and she is going to long arm it. And I'm super excited. I have never sent a quilt to a long armer. I've finished every quilt I've ever done by myself. But I also do know that when I do magazine quilts, which a lot of times I just I just have done them for myself. It was just a quilt that I made and then submitted to a magazine and was lucky enough to get um, you know picked up in the magazine, they all have very simple quilting. Um, some of them, just that um, decorative wavy line stitch, you know, every inch or so, which I actually love. That is my one of my favorite types of quilting, but it's super simple. And I also do like to have some simple quilting in, in some of these magazine quilts because sometimes when I look at quilting magazines and I see that every quilt is, you know, beautifully custom quilted by a long armor, I feel a little deflated because I just think, well, I can't do that. And and so my simply quilted quilts are a gift to people who can look at it and go, oh, I can do that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there, uh, let's see my, the one, this, this diamond one that I did that was in love patchwork and quilting not too long ago, um, was just uh, a mixture of some walking foot quilting and then just a small amount of loopy free motion within the diamond. So still very simple quilting, but 
it stresses me out every time because as much as I keep practicing, I just don't really consider myself a very accomplished um, quilter, the, you know, free motion quilter. And so um, having Holly Ann do this part of it just um, has just taken kind of a weight off of my shoulders. But, you know, I am on a deadline. And so um, I finished it up. Like, I think it was like Friday morning. And I wanted so much to get it in the mail by Friday afternoon. Chloe, I had to pick her up from the train station at like 3.30. And um, so I was like really rushing and I tried to do a really not nice job of pressing and clipping all the threads. And then I realized, oh, I, I need to piece the backing. And uh, so I take the backing and I figure out how much I need and it's long arm, you need a little extra. So I measure it out and I think, oh, they have sent me way too much fabric here. And so I thought, oh, I can be really generous. So I measured it just, you know, I had it sort of folded in half. I do my backing usually where I just do one horizontal seam in the center. And so that way you've got, uh, you know, with the fabric will be the height. So with the fabric is, let's just say it's 42 inches. That'll give you basically 84 inches. And most of my quilts are not taller than 84 inches. I hope this is making sense to you. So I just need to measure it um, wider than the, the width of the quilt at this point and cut it and then just sew a nice half inch seam down the center and so I measure it twice well it's you know just on my cutting mat just kind of you know uh, in a very rough manner and I think oh I have got an extra yard of fabric here so then I just go to cut it so I measure out a very generous um, first half of it and then I realize that I am What's left is not as big as what I just cut. So what I really should have done is just cut this length of fabric. I don't know what it was, three yards or something, more than that, obviously, four yards maybe, and just um, just cut it and sew it together. But I didn't because I thought I had a ton, and then it came up short, and, and, and the second part of it was, is technically wider than the quilt, but by an, by three inches, so it's like an inch and a half extra on each side, which is just like a disaster, but I don't really want to kind of piece it back together it's a polka dot background and I was I was just I felt sick about it and the clock was running out and I texted Holly Ann and um bless that girl she's I just I just sent her the fabric and she's going to figure it out when she gets there but um yeah and it was just all because I was rushing you know how that goes and you know the whole thing of measure twice cut once well I did measure twice and I still messed it up I can't tell you how many quilt backs I have messed up a lot of times I'll buy quilt back fabric when the the fabric store has um, a big sale and I so often forget to leave the extra I will somehow just buy exactly the width of the quilt it's so dumb (laughs) I think I'm in general over that mistake at this point but it has as a result caused me to piece a lot of backs like put a little row of patchwork to make it a little wider and I have to tell you that I actually prefer that in a quilt back I like a little interest on a quilt back otherwise it's so kind of boring when you look at it but that said when I get to the point of of doing a back I'm so over the piecing part of it that I just want to get the back done and get it basted and quilted so I'm a bit schizophrenic when it comes to that anyways Holly Ann is mulling the quilting for it, and I'm super excited about some of her ideas, and um, so that is off my table for now. After the epic journey of piecing that quilt top, I kind of 
walked away from the sewing machine for a couple of days and I'm now kind of looking for what's going to be my next piecing project. I do have a still the pineapple quilt and the quilts for cure quilt sitting there untouched ready to be quilted so I think I might leave both of my sewing machines set up for a while so I can have one set up ready to go for quilting and one where I could start piecing and maybe my next project will be um, something with <laughs> I'm getting to be a little loyal here um, Minky's new line that just came out called serendipity on Mother's Day she appeared on my doorstep with this um, little bakery bag <laughs> so cute of um, a kind of a fat quarter bundle of her new serendipity fabric and I'm looking at it right now and almost half of this little stack of fabric are low volume prints and how rare is that I feel like I love prints on white and they just don't exist that much and so she has a lot of really beautiful low volumes here and pinks and aquas and some so light pinks and brighter pinks aqua and navy it's a really cute fabric line so I've been kind of mulling over what I want to do with that I haven't quite decided yet but that probably will be my next my next piecing project on Mother's Day it was such a beautiful day well actually started out cloudy but it ended up nice and sunny by the end of the day I didn't quite know what to do with myself with uh, the husband not kind of feeling up to things and it was just the whole day felt a, a little bit off. Chloe went back on the train by two. And, and so I settled in and organized my hand piecing project, which was kind of all over the place. So I could figure out where I was with that. Um, and I could do that sitting out in my chair in the backyard. And um, I worked on the sock that I've been knitting, which I probably have not even worked on since the last podcast. I had gotten to the heel turn and... I always think that I'm going to really need some concentration time to do that, and, and I don't really anymore, but it's funny. It, it's like it's a little hurdle for me. So I sat down and did that, and the funny part about that is that I think I've talked about this sock before. It's got this cute little um, kind of 12-stitch lace pattern that just runs down the side of your leg all the way down, down the leg and, and all the way to the toe. And I don't do socks that usually have this kind of a detail, so the cuff all went fine, but then as soon as I started um, doing the gusset, once I got past the heel, I just started knitting in my normal way and completely forgot that I was supposed to be doing this little lace detail. And I cannot go bear I cannot bear to go back and rip that out. So it will just have this little lace pattern on the cuff, and then the foot will be plain, and I think that's fine. Um, but I was a little disappointed at some point when I realized, oh, you should have picked that back up. So that's really the only thing that's on my needles right now is that sock. And I'm <laughs> totally losing momentum about knitting all the things that I was going to knit for Chloe for Norway, which is starting to get real. It's the whole Norway thing. Um, she's actually flying up to San Francisco to appear in person at the Norwegian embassy to apply for her visa. You have to do it in person. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, when your college student tells you that they want to do a semester abroad and that they swear that it, the school has told them that it doesn't actually cost anything more to do the semester abroad, I would like to tell you right now that that's a lie. <laughs> yes, tuition is the same. Living expenses may be similar. I think in Norway it's a little bit more expensive, but there are 
obviously. There are plane tickets. There are visa costs. There are plane flights to San Francisco to go to the embassy to apply for your visa. There are uh, winter clothes to be purchased and shipped there or sold. I don't know what we're going to do about the whole clothing issue yet. But yeah, so it's it's been eye-opening. I am thrilled that she's going. I think it's a... I'm glad that we are able to, to swing this for her. But every week brings up new things that you just had never thought about before. So anyways... Um, yeah, if I could get these socks done, maybe finish that sweater, um, and someday I will revisit the color work mittens, but not now. And I think I probably will be doing more knitting in the summer, even though I know that sounds weird to people, but again, it's portable and it's something that I can do outside, which is really nice. And then when it gets hot, then I'll get back to the sewing machine where the air conditioning is and I have a nice fan in, in my sewing area. So that's the only thing that's really... Um, happening in the knitting side of things. I also mentioned um, one or two podcasts back that I was going to do some visible mending on a pair of jeans that I have. I think it was probably two podcasts ago. And I have not done that yet because I have the book Visible Mending coming to me today. I got the notification that it had shipped and it should be here today. So... Um, I'm actually going to stop and go look up the name because I want to tell you who wrote this book and I can't remember off the top of my head. It is Jenny Wilding Carden and she wrote a book from Martingale called Visible Mending and she is also Visible Mending on Instagram. She has a great Instagram feed. So that book's coming today and I'm hoping to read up on the technique and get it inspired and I'm looking at this old pair of jeans um, that has part of the pocket coming off. That's where I want to do the mending. I noticed that the other pocket, the stitching's coming out of there. And these pants, these jeans are so well worn that, you know, they're kind of just wearing in the knees. They're wearing in all kinds of places. So I have a really nice uh, canvas to try out all these different techniques. So I'm very excited about that. And I will, I will keep you um, tuned in on what's going on with that. I think that the last time we talked about books. I was saying that I was in a bit of a uh, funk with my reading, but I did read a book in record time in the last couple weeks that has been very popular on the book club circuit and is called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. I used to be part of a book club that um, just for a number of reasons, it just didn't really work out for me but I have a number of friends that are still in that book club and they read this book and people were recommending this to me left and right and I've just seen it online it's kind of making the 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 circuit and I actually had it on hold at three different libraries both the paper copy and the ebook version which um, I was it was recommended to me to get the ebook version because the the character in this book uses a lot of kind of high-end vocabulary and it's really nice to be able to just you know do that thing where you just kind of press on the word and the dictionary comes up but I ended up with the paper copy and but I actually did really look several words up so that I could could understand it better um, and when I picked up this book from a neighboring library it, it was brand new and I just I mentioned that at the library in my town I was like 24th on this list of you know 60 people who were waiting for this book and she said oh my gosh we had to buy more copies it's like insane how popular this book is so anyways it is um, it was delightful it was not exactly what I was expecting um, it's about a pretty quirky character 
and um, kind of you you follow her through a uh, a kind of period of transition in her life and what that what that means for her and the people around her and um, the the kind of the things that have happened in her life are slowly you know revealed to you and um, yeah it was just really delightful the it's a quick read um, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I have a friend who she loves to say about books or movies, I laughed, I cried, I clapped my hands. And that's exactly how I feel about this book. I laughed, I cried, I clapped my hands. Um, so the, the emotions all over the place, but it was just, it was really delightful and I highly recommend it. Before that book actually uh, became available at the library for me, I just pulled um, one of the Mitford books the, uh, by uh, Jan Karen. It's a whole series, very beloved series of books. I think I've talked about it before. Um, I think that I don't love it as much as some other people do, but people do. But it is complete comfort reading. What's kind of funny is I saw on Facebook. I, th- I think I kept getting ads from the Hallmark Channel that they are turning it into a TV show. Um, I probably just called Mitford. And what's really funny is. Uh, What's her name from Andy McDowell? That's who I'm thinking of. Andy McDowell from Cedar Cove, which I talked about um, a few episodes back too. She is in this. She's apparently the new Hallmark Channel It Girl. But it was funny. So I see that she's cast um, in, in the Midford series. There's a reverend and then um, his uh, his love interest. He was like a confirmed bachelor for, you know, like 60 years. And then he, he meets this, this woman who lives next door. And in... The book, you know, he's a 60-year-old, slightly overweight reverend. I'm picturing, you know, a 60-year-old Richard Dreyfus kind of guy. And then um, this little blonde dynamo who moves in next door. And um, and so that's like the, the way these characters look in the book. Well, in the TV show, you've got some guy, I don't even know his name, but he, apparently I looked up, he's like 48, but he looks 35 totally hunky and you've got Andy McDowell who just is not the physical type that you would expect from the book also she's like 60 she's supposed to be 60 and I think Andy McDowell is 60 but she doesn't look 60 (laughs) so anyways every time I saw this ad I just thought oh that is so miscast and after seeing this ad for like weeks I finally clicked and I started reading the comments and they were hilarious because every single person said this is so wrong. You've gotten this so wrong. And I love you, Hallmark Channel, but I will never watch the show because you got this so wrong. And there was like not one single person who said, oh, I'm so excited for this. Everybody said, you've cast this so wrong. So anyways, that is a total aside, but um, I'm just kind of reading this Mitford book. It's called uh, Out of Canaan, and it's enjoyable, just total total comfort reading. While I was sewing the um, the quilt, uh, the Winter Tales quilt, Last week, I totally binge-watched Call the Midwife. I've mentioned that one before, too, but I'm sort of years behind on that now, so I've got lots, lots to catch up on. But we are now in the early 60s with Call the Midwife, and we are in the thalidomide years. And so, oh my gosh, I love this show, but it can be so heartbreaking. I, I guess in reality, it's, it's a show about people having babies, right? And if everything always went right... There would not be much of a show. So in reality, something is going wrong on every episode and it can be so hard to watch. But the whole thalidomide thing, oh my goodness, it's it's really 
heartbreaking, but we're really in these years where um, a lot of changes um, are happening, and so it's it's very interesting, and they they handle it all all really well. So that's been uh, enjoyable on some level. <laughs> um, I was alerted by several people um, that. PBS Masterpiece um, now has um, released a two-part thing of Little Women, and I have not watched that. I'm actually hoping to spend a little time with that this afternoon. I've been told that it's good and by reliable sources, so I just know that I will completely enjoy that. I've read Little Women, I can't even tell you how many times in my life, and um, I used to think when I was a young mother, I would think, what would Marmy do? You know, I just... Oh, I, lo- I love that book. I remember Chloe wanted to read it. She was a, a kind of an advanced reader, and she wanted to read it. She was in about fourth grade, like she was 10 years old, and I kept telling her that I didn't really want her to read it. I thought she was too young because of, you know, the whole Beth situation, and um, but she really wanted to. So I was kind of tracking her progress through the book so I could tell when she, she got there. And... Um, and she went to bed one night, and I just I kind of like hung around upstairs because I was ready, um, just waiting for her to get into be real. I was so devastated by by Beth dying when I was little that I was just like completely projecting this onto her. And um, when she kind of turned out the light, I went in there and I just said, "Well, you know, how was it?" And she was, and she said, "Oh, yeah, I was really worried. I thought that Beth was going to die, but it turned out okay." And I'm like. What do you mean? And so I, I read the book, and this is the problem with when you have these advanced readers when they're little is that the subtleties go over their head. And in that chapter, um, it said something, the way it ended, it was like, you know, that basically that Beth was in pain no more or, or something like that. They never actually said Beth died. It's just you were supposed to figure that out, and and that's not how a 10-year-old took it. So I, then I had to break it to her. So so anyways, I have all kinds of uh, emotions uh, wrapped up in, in Little Women. So I'm really looking forward to, to watching that. I know I haven't had a normal sort of uh, homemaking section to this podcast for the last couple of weeks because gardening has sort of completely taken over anything homemaking-wise above just, you know, keeping us all reasonably clean and fed and clothed. But uh, I have enjoyed uh, being out in the garden, and I shared what we had planted, you know, a couple weeks ago, but I did a bunch of seeds, um, sunflower seeds and lettuce, and I'm never really believing that those are going to come up, but they have. So those sunflowers, are they've sprouted. Maybe I'll take some pictures. Um, I overplanted and so I'm going to have to go through and um, thin them out, which I find excruciating. So, And I threw the package away, so I'm not even sure how close that I should keep them. But I think I'm going to have to get rid of about two-thirds of them. I, I think I planted them about every two inches, and I, maybe they'll be... I'll leave them about every six inches. And then the same thing with the lettuce. I just kind of sprinkled it, so now it's they're just... It's like a little carpet of lettuce, and I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to to thin these, but, um, I'm excited that they're coming up. And so that's been pretty fun. We also planted some basil, which frankly is being devastated by some insect. It's not in the garden. It's in a kind of like a little herb garden, a different part of the yard, but there are so many holes in those leaves and I, it's probably snails. A friend of mine recommended that you can actually go to the garden center and get these other snails that are carnivores and they will eat the garden snails. So um, I went and did that, and they're kind of hibernating, and you have to like 
soak them in water for a little bit and let them wake up. They didn't all wake up. Like maybe half of them woke up. It was, it was the whole thing was kind of a, a travesty, but I've put these snails around the yard. I have no idea. It's like, it's another thing. You just go in on faith that, and I think it takes a while. They have to you know, multiply and breed and so outnumber the other snails. So we'll see if that really works. But in the meantime, uh, my, my basil plants are, are suffering badly. But I am really thinking about trying to get back on the 15 minutes a day of, you know, maintaining the house, of doing decluttering, of doing deep cleaning, things like that. I don't know why I find that so hard. It makes so much sense intellectually in terms of actually really setting aside that that 15 minutes to get into a project I just really have a hard time with it but I think I need to start with the refrigerator and (laughs) get that back up to to snuff I think I mentioned last time also that I just had this whole number of things that I was procrastinating on including uh picking Jonah senior pictures and doing the announcements I'm happy to to uh, report that I've done that and I've laid out the announcements and they look really good so I'm really happy about that and that's another thing that I can just do a little bit you know 15 minutes a day and just knock those things off that uh, that start to weigh on you. But the other thing that I've been kind of thinking about is um, truly taking a, a Sabbath every week, like having a day that truly is rest. I tend to load up my Sundays with um, food prep and catching up on laundry and, and things like that to make it a prep day to, to get ahead in the week when in fact I think the more helpful thing would be to have a day truly of rest so I'm really trying to rearrange things I have already moved my grocery shopping day off of Sunday I used to do that on Sunday afternoons but I'm going to really try to rearrange my week a little bit to really indulge in the things that are restful and rejuvenating so I'll kind of let you know how that goes and uh, I think that just about everybody would really benefit from having a day every week to to really just be a reset day that about does it for today's podcast thank you so much for spending this time with me i love to chat with you love to hear from you Um, if this is your first time i should have said earlier welcome and to those of you who have listened before i appreciate you coming back i truly do Uh, i hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week